Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anytime anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Up and play one, two, three. A free game where you have to predict three correct Premier League scores. Get all three right and win £100. Get just one right and get a free £2 bet and two correct for a free £5 bet. Terms and conditions apply. So, since the last podcast, we have played Spurs twice and beaten them twice. But obviously, um, the first of those wins was not enough to keep us in the Champions League. So, let's start with that one. And what were your thoughts? Both there? I was there. Um, it was an epic evening, I have to say. And reflecting back, I can find very little malice in my heart. Um, I sat next to my dad and my son. We were in different seats than our usual ones. We were right behind Lisa, oddly enough. Indeed. And before the game, I turned to my son and I said to him, why is this night different to all other nights? And my son, Daniel, who is very wise, said to me, well, normally, Dad, we have to win games by just one goal, but tonight we have to win them by two. And how right he was. Uh, What a shame, but it was an epic night. Um, And it was almost like, I mean, you know, there are so many things to talk about the game, but... The big moment, obviously, was the, the, uh, the disallowed goal. But the adrenaline rush when the goal went in was so great that actually when it got disallowed, it, it, it didn't have the same impact for me. It was, it was sad, it was disappointing, it was heart-wrenching, but I couldn't be upset and I couldn't be miserable at the end of that game. We are very different people. Tony? I just point out, Nick. When I go to City, I say anywhere but near Lisa Rubinovich. So they, they they'll sort you out of the ticket office. It was a remarkable night, wasn't it? It was a fantastic game. It's funny. Everyone I've spoken to says that is by far and away the best game of football I have ever seen in my life. Every single neutral has said that. Now I don't know about you guys, but when you were there and caught up in the emotion, I didn't think of it in that context. Look. It was a fantastic night. We were dreadfully unlucky. And you've touched upon something I was going to mention, the reaction of the crowd. 
when that goal was disallowed, I thought there'd be riots. And people were just very accepting, weren't they? There was no... You'd have thought there'd be a bit of booing and hissing and the time it took for us to realise there was a VAR review when the Spurs players had already gone down the tunnel and... uh, started commiserating his colleagues, hasn't it? Was it Sissoko went off early, I think, said that? So it was extraordinary, but we can have no regrets. We played an unbelievable game. Yes, we didn't defend brilliantly, I think we'd have to admit. Yes, I thought we were unlucky with the handball. Could have been given, might not have been given. That's the way it goes. But I think we can be very proud. Um, A fantastic game of football. I think we're all privileged to be there. And you know what? We'd have nothing left to do if we did the quadruple this year. So it's not to be, but we, can we hold do it our next hands up. What, the quadruple? Yeah, or, obviously. Well, yeah. perhaps. But no, listen, we showed we have the ability. We showed we've got the passion. We showed we've got the skill. It will come. I know that, you know, we never, I don't think any of us, no proper City fans ever thought the quadruple was likely. I mean, obviously, you wouldn't, wouldn't turn it down, but I don't think the fact that we can't possibly now win all of them is, is not a shock to anybody. But our defending was poor. I mean, Spurs are not a bad side, but I think we are a far, far better team. I, I, there were certainly echoes of uh, Liverpool last year in the way that we defended in the first half in that game and echoes from Monaco the year before. Um, there's no doubt about it. We come up against a team like Spurs who are confident enough to press us and have enough very, very good players to make use of possession of the ball. And sometimes we come up short. Um, I don't know what the answer to it is. I guess most people will say, well, that's just part of the downside of the way that we play. And the upside is normally uh, so much more powerful that you've just got to accept that sometimes that happens. Um, And sometimes you lose anyway. I mean, you know, we lost that game because of the tiniest fraction of a margin of Aguero being offside. It wasn't even just the the measurement uh, um, of distance that he was offside in inches... It was the timing. It could have been less than a second either way and he would have been onside. So you've just got to accept that. I, also, no, yeah, I don't think we lost... I mean, we didn't lose, we the, didn't game. lose the game. I'm not being pedantic. I don't no. think we lost the tie. We don't go through on away goals. Yeah. But I think we can be very, very proud. But as I say, fantastic game. Yeah, I, didn't, I, haven't, I don't know about you, but if we lose... Well, I've done it myself, haven't I? If we don't win, no, still not quite right. But we didn't go through... I didn't watch the replay um, from where we were sat. It was very hard to work out what Edison was doing for the first goal. He just, it was like Sunday league. He sort of dived out of the way from what we could tell. I don't know if he got a deflection. And Laporte, arguably at fault for two goals. That's probably two more than he's been for the whole season. It's a shame. I mean, I'm not not one for sitting here blaming Laporte. I mean, he did have a poor game by his standards. There's been some, there was some absolute ridiculous reaction on social media and he had to um, make both his Instagram and Twitter accounts private for a while. I think that's pathetic when we want players to... We want to bring the players up after something like that. We still have five games... Well, we have six games left at the time and we need to win all of them. So I don't understand that how that kind of reaction helps when a player like Laporte has been probably one of our best players all season. Well, look, I think, you know, 
our centre-backs probably have more possession and make more passes than any other players in the league. Um, and when their passing accuracy is 90% plus, everything looks fantastic. When it's 80% plus, but not quite 90%, all of a sudden we do give the ball away. Uh, I mean, sometimes we give the ball away in quite dangerous positions when we're not ready to defend because we're not a team that will have eight or nine men behind the ball. Um, so they are, yeah, they are very fine margins. Um, Laporte, in particular, I mean, because he does see so much of the ball in so many of the games, I guess he will um, be up for criticism when he's slightly below par. And there have been other games when he's been slightly below par. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, you're right. You know, he doesn't deserve this huge amount of criticism, but it is just a, um, a fact and a factor in the way that we play. Yeah, it wasn't his his finest hour, was it? But I can only think off the top of my head of one other goal. I think that's down to pure sort of carelessness at the back, which was the penalty we gave away against Newcastle. And if you compare that to Pep's first season, where we were all over the place quite frankly the difference is night and day yeah it's a factor of the way we play we don't we play one holding midfielder but I think what was more impressive was the way they rallied themselves at 2-1 down I think we all thought we were dead and buried it was very interesting I thought KDB was brilliant he literally went up and rallied everyone 10 minutes later we're back in the tie and we all know what happened but we were extraordinarily unfortunate I don't think anyone could deny the better team but I certainly think so hasn't gone through, that's the way it happens. But we didn't die wandering. No. And I think, like you said about um, Kevin, and I know that there's a there's a downside to the upside of that match, which happened in the next match. But um, he was excellent. And it was so good to... It's so good to see him playing like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we, we have gone most of the season without him. And to be where we are without a player like that is actually... I, I, I think sometimes we forget that we've people forget that we have we have really managed most of the season without him in the side. Well, even when he has played, to be honest, he's not played that well until really uh, last week. That was his, by far his best game of the season, no doubt about it. Uh, and, you know, what a shame that we've lost him again just yeah. when we wanted to, to have him back right on, uh, on his best form. But... Phil Foden took his chance, I thought. I'm sure we'll talk about the Spurs, we, the other we Spurs will game. Talk about the but, other Spurs. you know, it was one door closes, yeah. another one opens. And yes, I, you know, I agree. I, I think the better team didn't go through. But did we, and, and people want to blame Laporte. I don't agree with blaming individuals in this situation. But if you want to talk about blaming individuals, how about Aguero missing a penalty in the first leg? Do you think oh, the way Pep approached that was actually the bigger problem? And was getting not getting through. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, it's a s- slightly unpopular opinion, probably, but I was far, far more disappointed with the way that we played in the first leg than the way that we played in the second. Um, I just thought, and it wasn't really, you know, yes, he missed a penalty. It was a stupid penalty. Uh, it probably counted completely against us at the end of it that he missed it, and we were sort of in this sort of weird scenario of being handed. Uh, um, a gift and spurning it Um, but the whole attitude of the way that we played I don't think it was about 
really about um, personnel, although obviously I thought Mares really had a bad game in the first game and he shouldn't have been playing. But overall, we just seemed to want to pass back more than we wanted to go forward. Um, and it's all very well trying to play a tight uh, first leg away from home. Um, but there did just seem to be this idea that we didn't want or need to score a goal. Um, it was far more negative than we uh, normally play. We gave them far too much respect that wasn't really warranted. Um, and yeah, we put ourselves on the back foot. Yeah, agreed. I think we, we talked about this last week and we had to live with the consequences, didn't we? As soon yeah. as they got one, we needed three. We got that. We got a fourth. Um, just yeah. wasn't quite to be. And I know it's our favourite topic. I do want to go back to the whole VAR business. Because, Nick, you were saying before, it, it was a very fine margin. But I think it was a bit... To me, it was a bit more than that. And I, I've, I've not really been for or against it. I don't have very strong feelings either way. But I thought what happened there was very interesting because we got the ball. It came off Bernardo as a result of an accidental hit from Ericsson. It wasn't, like, by design. The whole situation was not some carefully crafted attacking move with a player offside. I, I, I understand that people want offside to be given the right decision when someone is truly offside, but it, was this really what offside was intended to be, this kind of situation? <sighs> well, I think that technically the decision was correct. I think that the fact that Ericsson initially passed the ball was not the factor. I think Bernardo, from seeing the replays, I think, I mean, I don't think it makes a difference actually from as far as the rules are concerned, but Bernardo did move towards the ball in an attempt to deflect it, stop it, do something with it. It hit him and it went in the right direction, uh, which was uh, lucky for us or unlucky, whichever <laughs> way you want to you want to take it. Was the game ever meant to be played like this? No, of course it wasn't. I mean, you know, this is... If you're going to take things to the nth degree of fractions of millimetres and seconds, then, you know, you're going to start questioning when exactly was the moment that the ball was actually passed because it's probably... uh, It's potentially a shorter period of time than it is between... um, two frames of a TV camera. Um, So, you know, I think long run, I don't... um, Pep is very, very careful to be totally supportive of uh, VAR. Understand that, A, because it's a battle that he can't win, so he might as well just go with it. And B, because probably in the long run, we should benefit more than other teams. I mean, we, we, we may well get half a dozen more penalties uh, next year than we would if we didn't have it. So, we just have to find a penalty taker. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, but, you know, was the game supposed to be played like this? No. And frankly, a lot of the way in which um, the, the whole thing is implemented by the officials is a bit shambolic. Um, God help us in the Premier League next year because, uh, you know, <laughs> they're just going to make such a mess of things. I mean, when you've got, you know, just going to the handball for a second... Um, Frankly, you know, it wasn't. It wasn't. I, I'm not upset about that call. I wouldn't have been upset about it without VAR. Um, but you know, they only showed certain angles. 
You know, if you've got someone who is selecting which angles to show and which angles not to show, then you've automatically got a process which is totally disastrous. Mm. It's ironic, isn't it? I mean, we had the penalties in the, the Schalke tie, didn't we? that went against us. And I think it's ridiculous the way they slow the ball down so much that, of course, it looks deliberate. Watch it once in real time. I mean, look, VAR was designed to overturn howlers. I don't think yep. Aguero... Yes, we would all accept technically was offside. Was it a howler? No. Did the linesman not put his flag up because he knew it would be checked on VAR? We'll never know. But I don't think that's quite what VAR was designed for. And well, I, and I think yeah. it, it's in a way it's a shame because there was that delay. I think it would have been the greatest game ever if yeah. that goal accounted. Agreed. Well, what no can you do? That. I mean, no. I think what, from what, our perspective. what they're saying is that VAR on offside is either it's it's completely black and white. Yeah, they're going to check I everything, and if it's off, it's off. Mm. Um, but I think you are going to get a situation. I mean, over the over more recent years, we've supposedly had a situation where the benefit of the doubt goes with the attacker. Uh, I mean, obviously, there isn't any benefit of the doubt now. It just is or isn't. Um, but, you know, when you've, got a, when you've got a process whereby, you know, your, your toe, your knee, your hair can be offside, um, then the benefit of the doubt is clearly not going to be anywhere near the, the attacking side. I, I guess it just, it just is going to result in, ultimately where we are now, which is, in the long run, things will even themselves out. It's an interesting point, you know. I mean, maybe that's why Fellaini had to go. You know, <laughs> hair his hair could, yeah, yeah, exactly. And I mean, you're right. Where do you draw the line here? Yeah. You know, I mean, what I... would Bobby Charlton have done in his day when that, he had that little flap just offside? Would that have counted? I don't know. Mm. I, I tend, obviously, you could tell from the tone of my question, I tend to agree with what Tony was saying about it, the intention for it to be there to correct howlers but that's very difficult to define as well so yeah. I think that that's why there's a problem it's it, there's too many um scenarios and it's it, it, it's not none of this is black and white and they're trying to make it black and white and I think that makes it very difficult and as as for me when that goal went in obviously like everyone else everyone was going totally crazy and right in front of us all the players pep everyone going I've never seen anything like it because I haven't been present when we've had one of those last minute goals where the whole staff run down the line in front of me. and and then when it when it went to VAR you see I thought Aguero was in real time I thought Aguero was offside so as soon as I saw it come up I knew they were going to disallow it but and I don't know why you're right I don't know why there wasn't a, a greater reaction to the, the to it being disallowed considering the enormous reaction to it being scored um but it, was, it was just very just sad it, it was like it was like but it was like being i think it was i think it was a shock you were numb. because it was like being thumped in the stomach like it was like a, you know you'd all that excitement then it's just taken away from you without any explanation other than mm. var decision or whatever they said not, no once, goal. not a single spurs player appealed for it no there wasn't no. one spurs player who didn't think they're no, out they, that they were that was flat, what was they extraordinary they were flat on their backs yeah. on the floor they they that's lost why it. we were the other side of the ground we couldn't really see we had no idea or even hint aguero was off so we were just like oh it's just a routine check they must just be just yeah. you know maybe he's punched it yeah. it was just complete bemusement when they ruled it out in fact we didn't even know why until we'd, we'd long since gone home so yeah it's not great is it it will go for us one day uh, uh, yeah I mean I was totally numb and I think the the players the everybody was in the in the ground was 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 numb and and what I was disappointed with really actually was 
one of the things I was disappointed with was that I was pretty confident we were going to score. Um, and once we got that goal and it then got ruled out, I think that, you know, the, it was basically over. Nobody knew how much time was left. Nobody knew what was going on. The emotions had gone up and down and all over the place. And that was just it. Had that not happened, I, I was pretty confident that, you know, one way or another, by the end of that game, we would have got the goal. And it, it, you know, after that, it just wasn't to be. Obviously not meant to be. Okay. Thank you for the therapy session, everybody. We should Are mention Raheem. Better? Sterling, oh, Raheem he was, was awesome. excellent. Yeah, I mean, look, there was there were lots of positives. It's just not the result that that we wanted. And it was a great come. And as we said, it was an incredible comeback to take that punch in the stomach of losing two goals that quickly, having what having scored the first to come back in that game was such a magnificent comeback that to then you know, and also the way that we lost a goal from a goal mouth scramble. Uh, a corner was a, was a great shame, mm. but great atmosphere. I think the fans Incredible. played their part, the players yeah. did their part. You know, we could all walk away. I think very proud. Good. On to the next one. So Spurs again at the weekend, and obviously now we've we've as, as we've been saying for a long time, we've got to win every game. So there was no. The only thing that mattered from this one was the result got the result we wanted I have to say I couldn't watch it so I had to watch it afterwards and I knew the score and even though I knew the score I found it incredibly painful to watch like the, I, so I can't imagine what it was like to, to be there having, um, having scored in the fifth minute and then 85 minutes 1-0 I mean I, 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 I can't cope with much of this much, much more of this very different game, wasn't it? Yeah. Very different game, very intense. A bit like the Liverpool game, the 2-1 that the Etihad. Um, but I thought the players showed fantastic character. They showed fantastic stamina. I thought we just about deserved it. Spurs did have the chances, but for the first time in however long, Edison actually earned his keep as a, as a goalkeeper rather than a, a quarterback. His mighty hand and his outstretched arm were very important. Um I was at the game and having loved the Wednesday night and gone to the game, started out my journey that morning very confident. My confidence gradually went down and down as we got nearer to kick off. We started brilliantly, scored a brilliant goal. Phil Foden, wonder boy, really, really important goal really outplaying Tottenham for the first 15, 20 minutes and then we just slumped into a sort of daze of, you know, we looked kind of punch drunk. We we were opened up again. Spurs had chances. Son was absolutely just tearing Stones and Laporte to pieces. Um, we were giving the ball away. John Stones looked like he'd had a huge meal and four cups of wine the night before. He just looked absolutely, completely out of his mind. He kept giving the ball away. It was bizarre. I mean, there was one moment, there was one particular moment in the second half where he picked the ball up on, um, out wide and he was going to turn back and play a blind pass back to the keeper. And you, just, and you could just see, I think Lorente it was, running to, and very nearly got it. And you just yeah. thought, that is just going to be the end of us. Um, but... Somehow, 
we managed to hang on in that game. But that was, you know, for me personally, and I know a lot of people have a different view of it, and it was a great, brilliant result, amazing result, but it was hell to watch. Hell. Yeah, listen, one nil's always tight, but I don't think we were just hanging on for dear life there. We had we had chances. I think we should have had a penalty in the first half. True. Raheem missed, uh, well, by his standards, a very scorable attempt. Um, and Edison came good when we needed. I don't think we were, you know, we weren't, it wasn't lucky that Tottenham didn't score. Um, one great saving tackle from Laporte, but it was a little worrying the way we were opened up at the back. But, yeah, I think that was very much a Liverpool-esque victory, wasn't it? And a start for Phil. Yeah, and he did well. Yeah. He did well. I think uh, 8 out of 10, the uh, Daily Telegraph gave him. He, like a lot of them, I think he faded towards the end. Yes, he did. But he handled the big occasion, and I suspect we well may need him on a few other occasions between now and the end of the season. It's great. He loves City. We love him. He's got a tremendous future in front of him and that'll give him bucket loads of confidence. I mean, I don't doubt that any of the players want to succeed and want us to win it, but there cannot be a more hungry player out there at the moment than, than him. I think he's absolutely class. There's no doubt about it. You could see that from the very first time he played for the first team. He's in a different class to the other academy prospects and he fully deserves a place in the squad and will be a major part of our team over the next however many years. Um, he d- did look a little bit naive at times in terms of some of um, his tackling, uh, but, you know, you just expect that. Um, he did fade a little bit, but then again, you'd expect that as well. Um, I think he gave 100% plus for, for 60 minutes and then started to just lose a little bit of energy. I'd be very surprised if he starts in the derby uh, and I think it would be right that it, that he doesn't because I think he would be targeted um, in that game and his naivety would potentially be a bit of a problem. Um, but he was, he was excellent, excellent and a wonderful goal. And we've already briefly mentioned, we've unfortunately seemed to have lost Kevin again to another injury. Yeah, very disappointing. He might be back before the end of the season. They say today, it's very hard, isn't it? Because even if he comes back, he'll have, what, 20 minutes as a sub and then is he really going to start a cup final? I doubt it, to be honest. Yeah, it's been a real shame this season for him. It's been very, very stop-start. But listen, no time to feel sorry for ourselves. We've got two huge games this week. I think if we can come through this week as we would all like, then I'll start feeling confident. They must be exhausted, the players. I mean, we're struggling here, aren't we, in all honesty? We're we all are. emotionally drained from it all. We are. So let's take a quick break. The Man City Show is backed for the season by Ladbrooks. Welcome back. So now we've refreshed ourselves we can start to think about the next two huge games um the small matter of a derby at the swamp um now i had a bit of a disagreement with both my dad and my husband at the weekend who thought that they really wanted united to lose to everton and i felt that was not a good thing for us and i particularly don't think them losing 4-0 was a good thing for us but 
do you think do you think it really matters i mean it's a derby does it matter well i think i guess first of all we shouldn't miss the opportunity to delight in their misery whatever the uh, the circumstances i think it's important that we do that and i certainly do um i think those opportunities may or may not continue so we should make the most of them um I didn't see their game at the weekend, um, but it was a pleasure to to listen to it on the radio um, as I sat in the garden. Um, and, you know, we can read in one, one way or another whether it was good that they lost or bad that they lost or they're going to come back or they're not going to come back on Wednesday night. Who knows? Um, I suspect that they will be up for the game. I, it's impossible that they won't be. Um, there's this little nagging thing in the backs of their minds and their supporters' minds that actually now they've had to get used to us uh, winning things. They really don't want Liverpool to win it. So they've got this thing about whether or not they really want to win the game. Frankly, you know, even if we only get a point, then it's potentially disastrous for our season or our league campaign. Um, and it's not easy going there and... Uh, having to win um, oh I don't know we've done it five out of the last eight times haven't we it's yeah. getting pretty easy I would say yeah. look I'm only disappointed that they lost at the weekend in the sense that I think for their own Champions League ambitions they really need to win the game I think if they'd won against That's Everton I mean. they might have said you know what we can afford to lose this game Chelsea for us is the decider next week so that's the only downside but I, I share Nick's view that uh, such defeats should be uh, shared and enjoyed can we do it? Yeah, there's nothing to fear there, is there? Let's be honest. We're not going there. Um, if we'd gone there a month ago, you'd have thought, oh, team on a roll, we've, we need to be very, very careful here. They've lost, what, is it six out of the lost at last eight now? You look at their team sheet, who out of their team will get into the City starting 11? Um, you might say one or two, and we're not going to debate that now, I suspect, but there's very, very few. We can go there and we can win. The only question is... Are our legs fresh enough? They played a day later than us, so hopefully that will help us over the line. But we are good enough to get a result. Whether we will, we'll have to see. That's why we love this game. I mean, if we if we take it that the Spurs game on Saturday was a really tough, grinded out well, any way that you possibly can after the Wednesday night, then... The derby is just not that. The derby is a game that if we're back up at the level that we were for the Champions League game, we should win. Um, If we play to the very, very best of our ability and really turn it on, then we should win. If we don't, then, um, you know, it, it, it becomes a bit of a lottery, quite honestly. If we don't, I think it's... Surely it's over. I, I don't think any no other team is going to do us any favours. Liverpool will win all of their remaining games, so we don't have a choice but to win ours. You know what? Stranger things have happened. Huddersfield seven. Huddersfield, Liverpool nil. Don't be Sorry. surprised. Liverpool nil. Huddersfield seven. There's, there's yeah, it's not going to happen. Is it? Look, we need to keep it in our own hands, don't we? Yeah. We can only do that by winning all our games. I think this is the defining week. Now that said. Leicester at home. None not, of it. None, none, none no of it's gimmies. easy, but we just have to. You know, we just have to win one at a time. Mm. But so, who would you start against United? Well, I mean, one of the interesting 
things about the Spurs game on Saturday was that with De Bruyne's injury, we ended up with a midfield three of Foden, Fernandinho and Gundogan, which I thought was a bit weird um, and just didn't quite work. And I did wonder whether David Silva would have been a better substitution at that point to bring on. Um, in fact, I almost thought that he should have he c- c- could have taken off uh, Phil Foden much earlier for uh, for David Silver and just got someone in there who would have at least had that calmness and experience to just to at least try and hold on to the ball and just calm things down. Um, I guess you know you've you've got to just that's the game that you've got to go back to your strongest eleven. Um, Maybe the big question mark is whether Leroy Sané actually starts a game. Um, and if he does, then um, who drops out? That, and I think that the centre-half pairing is, is an interesting choice because, yeah, we didn't, for the, one of the few occasions this season, didn't look very secure at the back. You've got, will Lukaku start? Probably. Six foot four, strong, good in the air. Um, so... And I think Guardiola... you probably wouldn't go for Otamendi marking him, would you? And that and Rashford as well with his pace. So I think they could both exploit Otamendi. I'm not sure whether Vinny is trusted to play two games in a week. So he might well stick with Stones and Laporte, albeit they weren't great. So I think Stones is the one at danger. I think Laporte will carry his marathon session and play yet another game. But that's where you have your doubts. That and our old chestnut of left-back, where mm. I wouldn't be surprised to see Mendy come back in because Zinchenko is not going to stop Rashford once he gets going. So a few decisions for Pep to make. I'm sure he will do the right thing. Because I think what you could see against Spurs, both Spurs matches, we are very vulnerable on the counter. I know it's the way, I know that's the way yeah. we play, but we really are. And... And, and I know United haven't been playing wonderfully, but they've got power and, and speed in some players. And you just saw what happened in the home dog, you know, the match last season where we needed to win to win the league. And Pogba had been awful for however long and been talking about him and all of a sudden pops up with two goals. So I think we need a strong start tomorrow, don't yeah. we? Quieten down We the need crowd. to take our chances. I know mm. it's just such an obvious statement, but if we create chances, we need to take them. Because... Yeah, we need to shut the crowd up. Yeah, and there is nothing nice in the winning at the Swamp, so let's do it, boys. Well, no, yeah, I mean, there are a lot of uh, decisions potentially to make on the starting lineup. I think traditionally he'd probably play Vincent Company up against Lukaku. Um, Lorente, I thought, had probably his best game ever for Spurs last week, playing as the big number nine sort of hoofing the ball up to his head and playing off the knock-ons. And, and United, it wouldn't surprise me uh, if they tried to do exactly the same thing with Lukaku. Um, but it could easily be Otamendi. I'd be very surprised to see John Stones start that game, uh, particularly the way that he played on Saturday. Uh, I think, yeah, you're right in terms of left-back. I'm not sure. I guess Mendy's got pace and strength that Zinchenko doesn't quite have. Um, but Zinchenko's got arguably a little bit more balance and passing range. Um, so that's a very, it's very difficult. 
Yeah, who knows? Who knows? I mean, are we going to see Mares start I was going to say we'll probably start with no! Mares and shock everyone. No, anything <laughs> but. Surely not, but you just, you just no, don't you know. Just don't you just don't know. I think it's going to be odd, isn't it? I think it's going to be like uh, a home game for us in many respects and the way game for United. I think they are going to try and be compact and play on the break. And we are the team who has to go on the front foot and win the game. Yeah. So it will be, I think, quite an unusual match in that sense. And I think it will be a slightly muted atmosphere because I don't think there's any doubt United fans would much rather us win the league than Liverpool. Liverpool. That said, they lose tomorrow. They're not getting in the top four and they've got a major problem on their hands. So yeah. it'll probably be a draw just to bugger both teams won't yeah. it but I hope not okay. and I think we're good enough to win it so then go on then what's your prediction oof prediction I am going for it's got to be another nail biter hasn't it it's going to be 2-1 City yeah I can't see us holding out 1-0 so I am going to cross my fingers and say 2-1 as well oh Ooh. two 2-1s <laughs> I won't shut Lisa? Um, I think we're going to lose. Ah, great. She's ever the optimist, isn't she? Lisa Miserabinovitz. Yes, she's available for weddings. Um, <laughs> look, I don't like being right about these things. I want to be wrong. I just, I, I just have a feeling all the things that keep going in Liverpool's favour, I just feel that they're going to win the league and to do that, we're going to have to lose. So I think it will be this game. You know, we, we don't do typical City anymore. Well, Only you do typical City only I anymore. Do, and like I said delighted to be wrong I don't know what the score will be though well and then we've got Burnley on Saturday uh, Sunday at five past two that slightly bizarre kickoff time yeah why do they do that does anyone no know idea. I'm no sure idea. why can't it just be two o'clock reason. I don't know just to confuse people yeah um, obviously if I'm right it's kind of possibly becomes academic this time because it might all be over but assuming I'm wrong and we still have to win it Again, Burnley got a result the other night against Chelsea. They got a draw. Pretty much makes them safe. I think it would take Cardiff winning all their games and um, Burnley not getting another point and a significant goal difference shift for, for Burnley to be able to be eradicated now. Do we think that means that they will not care anymore? Oh, I think they'll care. I think... Um, we can look at it both ways. They might be very happy to take a point. And I suspect they will, actually. They'll play defensively. It worked for them against Chelsea. It really it does. Was, it was 17th century football, according to some people. But they got a point and they're delighted. And I'm sure they'd like to keep that momentum going. Um, again, we are good enough to beat anyone on our day. We drew there last season, didn't we, with that Raheem Howler. Um, but one would like to think he would bury that readily if he had the same chance again given how he's improved but again the real question is one of fatigue here isn't it will they be fresh enough uh Burnley played Monday night they've not got another game so they're gonna have an extra couple of days rest look whatever happens let us be clear we at worst are going to finish second in the league with 90 odd points what more could we have done so no regrets let's just go out there the fans the players Final push, these two games, and then we get a relative luxury of almost a full week off before the final two games. So I'm confident we can deliver. I, as, You started by saying, would we be disappointed if we didn't win the league? Well, 
I would be if we lost the FA Cup final as well, but we couldn't have done anything more this year. There's no regrets. Yeah, I did start by saying some people have said it would, if we did win a treble, it would be disappointing given that we didn't win the quadruple. I mean, I think that's not personally, I think that's absolutely nonsense. It's unprecedented and it should be the quadruple, the domestic quadruple. Domestic quadruple with the community. Yes. But I, I fear that it's more likely that we'll end up with both cups i'm not saying that we definitely will because you know how um positive i am um but if we end up with both cups and liverpool win the league and the champions league it's going to look like a a pretty well, poor season well it us. is for everyone else let's not get into too many hypotheticals here i mean look what highly possible whatever happens in the derby on wednesday night i think will beat burnley um a because it won't be all over depending on what happens in the derby, whichever way that turns out. Liverpool have still got some big Champions League games to play. They've got to go away to Newcastle week after next, um, which, you know, yes, you know, they're more than likely to win every game, but that doesn't mean they will. Um, and I think it's helpful to us that Burnley are pretty much safe. They had a big game against Chelsea um, Another big game against a top team is hopefully going to be beyond them. And I expect that, you know, if we beat United, clearly we desperately need to win that one as well. If we don't beat United, we still desperately need to win it. It will just be a case of having to keep our heads down and make sure that we do all that we can um, and wait, wait and see what happens in other, in other games. Yes, but I think we'll have too much for Burnley next weekend. We've won 10 league games on the bounce. We've won, what, 25 of our last 27 games. This is not a team that is showing signs of pressure or bottling it at the moment. So, yes, you always need that little bit of luck, don't you? Uh, we didn't get it against Spurs the other night. So be it. We move on. But... We can do it. Lisa, we can do it. Say after me, we can do it. We can do it. That's better. I'm sure we can. I don't know if we will. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I'm not going to make you predict Burnley scores because we don't know the outcome of the derby yet. But it'll be 3-0 to City, just just for the record. Predict away. I think 4-0. Oh, God. Right, okay. We haven't had a big big win for a while, so. Yeah, (laughs) I I think we'll win that one. There you go. Bit of positivity from me. All right. Thank you very much to both my guests, to Nick and to Tony, and we'll hear and speak to you all soon. The Man City Show is backed for the season by Ladbrokes. This is a Playback Media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit playbackmedia.co.uk.
Sports Social Podcast Network. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press one. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press two. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.